if you're trying to make any kind of meaningful, effective change in your life, well, you have come to the right place because that is what my expert guests and I are here to help you do. Welcome to We're Talking Shift. This is the podcast where all we do is talk shift because when we're stuck and need to rise to a challenge, make a health shift, a relationship or an emotional shift, well, the first thing we have to shift, my friends, is our thinking. That is the antidote to feeling stuck. I'm Lori Bischoff, and I'm so glad you're here. Now, let's get busy. Good day, ladies and gents. I'm Lori Bischoff, and it is time to talk shift. Today, we're going to be talking about evolving the health of your business, because the health of our businesses, whether you are an entrepreneur or even if you are in, um, maybe um, you're just a, a very effective team leader and you're very involved in the, in the business. So those things, all of the health of the business affects our emotional and our mental health. And of course, our financial health and the state of our financial health circles back around and affects our mental and emotional health. So it's, it's all very connected and it's like one big circle. Now, I think that there have been a lot of new opportunities and trends that have arisen in the health and fitness industry in this, well, shall we say, very unusual year. So I wanted to have an expert come on today who could give us some solid advice mainly to coaches and personal trainers and people in the health and fitness and wellness industry, um, you know, about building their business in this genre. So my guest today is Lisa Simone Richards. Now, Lisa has been a PR and visibility strategist for over 10 years, helping coaches in the health and fitness and wellness field. So Lisa, though also is a former personal trainer herself. She has shared the stage as an amazing speaker with the likes of Rachel Hollis, who is a wonderful motivational speaker and author herself, as well as Kristen Bell, that delightful actress that we have all seen on so many shows over the years. So Lisa is a force to be reckoned with, and she has some amazing uh, information and tips that she's going to share with us today. So Lisa, welcome to We're Talking Shift. I'm so excited to be here. Like I genuinely, I wish you could see the goosebumps going on. This is going to be such a fun conversation, especially because I always love talking to you, Lori. So what an honor to be invited. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on the show today. Well, I'm delightful to have you. And, you know, this is, this is such, I think, a perfect year for this conversation for well, really for anybody that's an entrepreneur, but also, um, you know, for people specifically in this, the health wellness and fitness industry because it's been such an unusual shifting, amount of shifting going on this year. Um, you know, there's been a lot of uh, aspects of the business that have suffered, like like the big box gyms and, and that type of thing. But because of what's been happening, opportunity has arisen um, for health coaches in, in all areas of health and fitness and wellness. So I'm curious, what has been your observation as far as opportunities that have presented themselves that maybe weren't being capitalized on before the event of COVID? Yeah, you know, what's really interesting about that question is sometimes, so a lot of my work focuses on traditional media. 
Um, so getting on television, stages, magazines, newspapers, podcasts, etc. But a lot of the time I find sometimes I might be competing with social media, even though they do different things. And sometimes I get a little bit of pushback. Is traditional media still relevant? Mm. And what's interesting about this year is it's more relevant than it's ever been because people are watching television to see what's going on in the news. They want the updates. Um, so people actually, if you're position, you want to go where attention's going. So more people than ever are watching the news and watching television so it's been a really great opportunity for my clients actually to get more media opportunities than ever and amplify their message on a larger scale and the other thing that's actually been very interesting about that is typically when I have a client who's a nutritionist or a trainer and they're doing a tv segment let's say on a local morning television show you know call time we have to be up by four or five in the morning be at the studio by 7 15 mm -hmm. for an 8 30 segment and now it's all about just coming in remotely via Skype or, um, you know, whatever the platform might be, it could be something like Zoom. So number one, people are paying more attention than ever. So it's actually a great time to be amplifying. Number two, it's a lot easier because you don't physically have to go to a studio, which isn't the hardest thing ever. But the other thing that's coming up as well, I even have this with one client. Now all of a sudden they have access to all the TV shows because they can just zoom in from anywhere. It doesn't matter that you have to be remote. A client of mine who's in Chicago or she's in Detroit, sorry, is doing some TV shows in Chicago, for example, because she can promote anywhere. So right, that's right. something that's been really interesting in terms of opportunity opening up. Nice. Yeah, that's a really, really good point because you're right. Um, with everyone being um, spending more time at home, um, all forms of media are now coming at you and you can pretty much just, you know, if you're in the mood to, to listen to something, if you're in the mood to watch something on your laptop, uh, YouTube, or you're in the you're in the mood to just watch TV. It doesn't matter. It's just coming at you from all directions. So as a person that's trying to get their, their business or product or service out there, you have, it seems like even greater opportunity than you did before. So, okay. I have really noticed I've been in, I've been in the business of health on a personal level for like 40 years and then on a professional level for about 12 or 13 professionally. But, um, what I've really, really noticed in the last, like about in the last five to eight years, just a massive boom in all things coaching when it comes to, you know, just life coaching health and fitness coaching, training, all of that stuff is just like, it is blown up. So here you have now this massive, you know, rush of people out there trying with, with great, you know, skills and services to share, but it's a lot. And I think that there's probably a lot of people uh, that are trying to figure out how to stand out in the crowd and not get lost in the shuffle and lost in social media, you know, trying to put their stuff out there. So how do you suggest that people stand out online from other coaches? Yeah. You know, something I often say is, and I remember telling this to a girlfriend, she thought it was the best compliment ever. When everybody zigs, you want to zag. You can't just do what everybody else is doing. So for me, what really comes up is you're already on, chances are, most people are already on social media. They're doing the Instagram stories or doing the Facebook lives. So what it really comes down is there are a few things. Number one, what are your personal gifts? 
So are you somebody who thrives on being on stage or in front of a camera? I have only child syndrome. I have no problem popping up on a stage and being like, everyone be quiet, put your phones away. I'm here. Me time now. That could terrify somebody else. Right. So maybe someone else is better being on a podcast or maybe they prefer to be behind the scenes writing an article where they can perfect it. And when it's just so, then they can put it out there. Mm -hmm. So really understanding what your personal gifts is number one, because you don't want to be a square peg trying to get into a round hole. Um, the other thing is really getting clear on what your business objectives are. So what are the goals right now? Are you looking to build awareness? Because like you were just saying, it's a red ocean full of coaches and you need people to actually know who you are. Are you maybe coming up on a launch and it's important for it to be heard about in multiple places, similar to when a movie comes out. You don't just hear about it once on the radio. The actors are on, on, news, on magazine covers or being interviewed on television, websites, etc. So are you trying to build buzz? Um, the other stage that I find people are often in is they're looking to create their credibility. So maybe you're a coach and you've been doing this for a while and you know you're good at what you do and you have some great client results, but you just don't have that street cred that you need to be at the level you want to be. So are you looking to maybe collect a few logos like mm -hmm. Forbes or Insider or Inc. so that you get seen at a certain level. So being clear on your goals and your gifts is incredibly important. Um, what was the other thing I want to drop in there? I had another thought come to mind in terms of this building visibility. Mm -hmm. So we want to know what our goals are. We want to know what our gifts are. And mm -hmm. then it's a matter of somebody else has a hundred thousands, tens of thousands of your ideal client already put uh, put together. That could be in the forms of traditional media. It could be on the form of doing like an Instagram takeover with somebody else. So Explain really think that. About it, do you mind explaining that Instagram takeover? Yeah. I, and I feel like I have so many different ideas here and I maybe want to streamline them out. Maybe what I can do is maybe speak to five ways to get visibility so that we can make sure all the listeners have something to follow. So I'm not just like spitting out a bunch of stuff getting lost. But let's talk about joint ventures and cross cross promotions, number one. And that's the exact category that something like a Facebook Live in someone else's group or an Instagram takeover may function. So I remember doing this maybe two years ago with a guy named Jono um, who works in fitness in Australia. And what we did is we traded Instagram passwords for the day. So I logged on as him, he logged on as me, and we each did stories on the other person's account all day doing polls, asking questions, having conversations in the DM and tagging our own Instagram account. So for an entire day, I, of course I was doing content anyways, but now I'm doing it in, time, in front of an entirely new audience, a whole new platform of people who are interested in the content that I'm talking about and I'm telling them how to follow me. And again- So interesting, Lisa, before you go on, so does yeah. the audience, does, does the other person's audience know that this is happening? Yeah. So okay. we did a lead off the day before I was on my IG and I've got the phone right here. I was like, guys, do you want to be on Instagram stories tomorrow? Because my friend Jono's coming on. He's going to be taking over my account. This is the kind of stuff he's going to be sharing. So make sure you're watching my stories to get that information from him. Okay. So fine. we just warmed it up for the other person so that the, um, people weren't coming in blind. I don't think IGTV or IG lives were a thing at the time, but I mean, how powerful would it be if you did one maybe the day before together to warm the audience up to this other person who's going to take over tomorrow. Hmm. So that's what we did. And I remember he did a way better job than I did. So give props where props are due. And the next day, you know, we changed our Instagram passwords back and went back to our own accounts. Um, but I just saw the DMs were flooded with all these people he connected with. He asked them questions. Questions, he gave them value. He pointed them to his account. And imagine if you just do that for one day with somebody else who has, let's say, 2,000 fans. Mm -hmm. And let's say 10% of them came back to your site. That's 200 new followers in a day that you didn't pay for and they're warm leads. They came there because they valued what you were saying. 
Yeah. So interesting. So when you're, if a person is going to think about doing something like that, what is the ideal, you know, fit for the person you're going to swap with? Obviously there's got to be some sort of connective tissue, but yet you don't want to be like duplicating, you know, this, you're, you're not doing the same thing, right? You yeah. Know, you have I'm different areas believe- of expertise. I'm a big believer in creating a win-win-win situation. So I'm going to say this with all love and a lot of fairness. If you have 200 followers, don't approach someone who has 20,000 followers. Like it gets to be a win for both of you. So find somebody whose follower account is similar because we want to think about how can both of us benefit from this, not just how can I get something out of this. So look for someone who maybe has a similar follower number. And then you also want to look for somebody who is complimentary but non-competitive. So there are a lot of health, fitness, and wellness people tuning in here today. Let's say that you're someone who focuses exclusively on nutrition as a holistic nutritionist. Well, chances are, if your clients care about what they're eating, they probably also care about moving their bodies. So that's a great opportunity to collaborate with a trainer, for example, who could do the takeover. So, you know, if your account is primarily nutrition, maybe they can speak into nutrition and training. Okay, guys, I'm going to the gym now. You were curious about what to have before a workout. You know, I've got some BCAAs, or maybe you've got an apple with um, almond butter. You know what I, what I mean? Like, you're yeah. thinking about somebody who can offer value to what your clients are already, or your followers are already mm-hmm. interested in but they don't do the exact same thing as you because you don't want to make it competitive. Right. Okay. So different area of expertise, but yet they complement each other and support each other. Good to know. That's a really interesting concept, I think. Um, Okay. So in your experience, where do coaches and other fitness entrepreneurs usually fall short? Hmm. When it comes to, like, when it comes to exposure and, you know, sharing their gifts with the world, shall we say, Mm -hmm. where do they play small? That's literally the two words I was thinking of. They play small. That's exactly, wow, took it right out of my mouth. And here I was thinking so brilliant, but you already had it. (laughs) Sorry. Um, (laughs) No, don't apologize. I think when it comes to exposure, a lot of people will look at others in their industry or look at the dreams that they maybe even have for themselves and say, oh, that's for so-and-so. Like Jillian Michaels can do that. Harley Pasternak can do that. Um, What's her name? Tracy Anderson can do that, but it's not for me. And that's, I think, where a lot of people are holding themselves back. So most of the clients that I work with, it typically begins with giving them that dash of confidence and reminding them of who they are and why they're worthy of having a message out there and Mm. simply starting to get themselves out there because the way they perceive themselves starts to change. So when I think about, gosh, I have so many examples to pull from, but let's use someone I started working with this earlier this year, my client, Jennifer. So she hadn't been featured anywhere when we started working together, maybe around March or so, so seven months ago. And since then, she's done three features on Pop Sugar. She was just on Well and Good last week, two appearances on My Fitness Pal, maybe five podcasts. She has her first TV segment coming up in a week or two. And now the way she sees herself versus how she did before March is so different because if she Googles her name, there are all these different sites that she's showing up on as an authority, as a trusted expert, as the person that media are coming to with questions. So that's allowed her to, number one, improve her own self-confidence or confidence Mm -hmm. in what she offers. Um, Number two, it allows her to charge higher rates because 
guess what? She's been featured on Well and Good, Pop Sugar, and all these other high quality outlets. So it's great that she doesn't have to, you know, something I see so much in the fitness industry is a pricing race to the bottom. Oh, this person is selling monthly memberships for 150. Well, I'm going to undercut at 130 because then I'll get more people that way. Ah. And you see only like the soul cycles and the equinoxes who are totally willing to be like, yeah, 500 a month. And if you don't got it, not in the right place. Um, unapologetically, mm -hmm. but that's few and far between. Most people I see are pricing to the bottom, but when you have those markers behind you and it enhances your confidence, you don't have a problem saying, yeah, no, I am a trusted expert in the industry and these are my rates. And if it's not the right fit for you, that's okay. I don't need to bend over backwards. I have other elites who are the right fit for me sure. and I wish you well in finding the best discounted trainer, but that's just not going to be me for you. Yeah. I think that's probably hard for, that's, that's a tricky one. It's hard for, I think a lot of, um, of people in the industry or, you know, in any industry, it's not just limited to this industry, but that, that pull between do I, do I, you know, do I stand where I, where I initially have set my bar as far as valuing myself and my rates, or do I, yeah, try to go lower to, to feel like I'm, you know, got the competitive edge financially that way. Um, and, but there's, that's kind of a double-edged sword, like you said, you know, so it's, it's, um, I guess it's tricky. It's tricky because as a new person, how then, how do you get to be confident that, okay, I maybe don't have as many clients as I want yet, but I'm confident that this is my value versus maybe I need to adjust in order to build. You know what I mean? There's that kind of chicken and egg thing that happens with a lot of, um, I think, new coaches. I think a lot of it comes from, you know, having the, I'm somebody who really reverse engineers a lot of things. So I have to end in mind all the time. And something that just comes up from a branding perspective for me is how do you want to position yourself? Because if Nordstrom has a sale and I can get an awesome dress for a lower price, I'm in. But if Walmart tried to sell me a $600 dress, I would literally laugh and keep walking because I'd never even consider that. <laughs> so you have, to, you have to consider, do I want to be the accessible brand that's at a lower price point? Do I want to be a higher ticket brand? And think about that as you're designing your offers and as you're, as you're designing your prices because everybody starts somewhere. So right. it's not to say you can't evolve and grow, but really do think about how do you want to position yourself in the long run because it is harder to go from like, you know, low end and for everybody and lower price to go into something that's more high ticket. So, you know, if you know, I want to be that high ticket coach, I want to have a handful of clients and not a ton of them, then start positioning yourself as such. You know, when you think about someone like a Tony Robbins, he's getting featured in Forbes and Inc and Insider so that when people come to him, like, yeah, this is the price. And it's a no brainer, but he has a lot of credibility to fall behind him. He has a street cred to be able to make those kind of offers. Sure. So I think something that I hear from a lot of coaches who are ahead of me is not to think about where you are today, but where you want your business to go. And of course, be mindful of where you truly are at today and how you can yeah. evolve, but operate yeah. from where you want to be and not just where you currently are sitting in positions. Yeah. And I, that's really good advice because you do, everybody has to start somewhere. And even the greats like using your example of Tony Robbins, um, you know, didn't start out. Uh, he started out giving free a sessions. Million dollars like, a year. Right. He started out giving free sessions, you know, 40 years ago or whenever it was, just like everyone else. So experience does have to factor in maybe to where you can feel like you are, 
living up to what you're putting yourself out there to be, right, to other people. You have to, you have to be able to own it with confidence, right? And so if you feel, otherwise you're going to be, have, uh, right, trouble with confidence and um, imposter syndrome, right? Because you might feel like you, you want to be at this level, but if you don't really emotionally and mentally feel like you're at that level to be able to charge those prices, I mean, that's going to be a conflict, an inner conflict, right? Yeah. And I think that's a really good opportunity to assign yourself a stretch and say, okay, what's going to make me feel confident, you know, upping my rates by 30%. Maybe I need to see my clients have XYZ results a certain number of times. Maybe once I've done 10 offers and 10 people have said yes, now I can bump it up because I've seen that this works. Now let me take myself on the next stretch. So I think it's really about identifying what those mile markers are for you and actually having a plan to come back and make those tweaks. Cause just like you said, of course, Tony Robbins didn't start off on day one, but you know, I even think about like in my own business, like it's, so today's November 2nd, I had a price increase on November 1st and I planned that for myself, like knowing in October, I'm like, okay, I know when November 1st comes, this no longer is this rate and it's going to go up by 250, for example. Mm -hmm. So just having that in mind had me positioned and it also put me in a great position as I was wrapping up some of my October calls to say to people, Hey, and I, and again, this is about standing in your value and standing in your worth. I was able to say to them, if you want to jump in, I'm so happy to serve you and just know as of November 1st, this is what the rate increase is going to be. So if you want to get in now before then totally hop on. And if you need to think about it, totally cool. But just know that this is where things are going to be in a few days. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that takes a little confidence for me myself to even put that out there. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Okay, so let me ask you one more thing about confidence and imposter syndrome before we move on. So do you think that a person has to overcome their imposter syndrome and build up their confidence before they go out mm -hmm. and stride, try to start you know, doing PR and media? Or do you think that it should be the other way around and then being able to score some PR and media helps them overcome the imposter syndrome and bring their confidence up. Yeah. You know what? I think no matter where you are on this growth level, imposter complex is always going to come up. Like you can mm -hmm. look at the Amy Porterfields, Marie Forleo's and all those coaches that we imagine that we look up to. And if you tell them, okay, you're going to be the next Richard Branson, they're going to have imposter complex come up too. So new level, new devil, it's always going to happen. And yeah. I think if we can even prepare ourselves in advance with that saboteur, knowing it's going to happen, then mm -hmm. we can proactively come up with a plan to overcome it, which is so much more powerful than being reactive and responsive. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to ask the question of, do you think you can jump into PR before having that confidence? And I have actually seen with some of my clients, so there was one person I worked with, Marta specifically, she was, she was a little bit of a unique scenario because she wasn't even sure what her offer was, but she decided to jump into PR. And I was like, okay, well, this is interesting, but let's play with it. And we had the opportunity, and I think, you know, the key word there is play. Because sometimes when we come up with our stance in our business, we're so ingrained in this is what we do and this is what I must do forever now that we forget that we're allowed to evolve. Our opinions and mindsets are allowed to grow. You can say something different from what you said last year or this year because you've learned and you've opened yourself up to new possibilities. So Marta started experimenting with different uh, messages, different things that she had interest in, and she was getting featured on local television. Like she built a really good re uh, relationship with the morning show host who was local. She's probably doing two segments a month. And through getting on television and through having conversations with people, she actually evolved to realize, you know what, coaching isn't so much my thing, but I love hosting live workshops and I love being a podcast host, podcast host. Yay. And now what's really cool is like, 
the local TV personalities asking her about launching her own podcast. So that's really interesting to see the evolution that can come in the process. And I think what I really want to hone into there is confidence doesn't come from signing from a course and completing it from reading a book, it's putting the skin in the game and it's doing the action that builds it. So mm -hmm. I would caution, I would tell people, you know what, just put yourself out there and do it and then look at yourself and be like, oh my God, look what I just did. And now how do you see yourself? That's mm -hmm. when the confidence really kicks in. Yeah, I like that. And that's true. Just once you get out there and you dive in, you know, to a, a little bit deeper waters than you were before and you survive it, then your confidence builds. Definitely. Okay. Let's talk about social media for a minute. And then I want to talk more specifically about, about marketing. Um, so for the person that says, well, you know, I'm already on social media. Um, do, do I really need to focus on traditional media? So that's number one. Um, the person who's wondering if there's where there's more value or if, um, you know, if it's just th like a, a shotgun approach, you just throw everything out at, at everywhere you can. Um, and then um, are people right to be focusing on the number of followers they have on social media and thinking that as their numbers grow, um, so will their business revenue? Is that a, a good way to think about that or is that a mistake? Okay. So I'm going to answer those questions backwards because okay. I, def I definitely have opinions on both of them. Yeah. Um, if you can't sell to 100 people, what good is 100,000 people? Like everybody is so focused on this follow game. Imagine if I handed someone 50,000 followers today and someone, the person on the receiving end didn't know what to do with them. It's useless. So mm -hmm. I think be grateful even for a small number because now you have an opportunity to test to get better so that when you are handed more, you are prepared to handle it. So um, it's not all about a numbers game. It's about an intimacy game. If you're getting 10 followers every day, how are you engaging with them on the DMs? How are you making offers to them? Like, what is the strategy there? Is there a process in place that you're actually executing that you've tested that you have evidence? Okay, I know when I get 10 new followers and I hop in the DMs with, one, with, with all 10 of them, two of them convert. Like, do you have that kind of map on your side? Because that's what's going to support you in getting more leads um, or more um, when you're getting more followers, making more sales. Of course, we know the more people we have exposure to, the more opportunities we have to sell. But you have to know what you're doing because then otherwise it's a lost opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Okay. So it, as we kind of move more into some aspects of media, um, would you explain to our listeners the what is the difference between marketing and advertising and PR? Okay, this is a good question because you were asking me earlier also about, you know, social media versus traditional media. Mm -hmm. So, man, I wish I had this picture in front of me. It's such a good quote my buddy sent me a few years ago about like describing a Porsche. Um, and now I'm on a bit of a tangent, but let, let's look at the difference between um, earned media, social media, paid media. So with paid media, this is where you're like, let's say using Facebook ads or Google ads. So you're spending money to be like, hey, look at me, I'm awesome. And the second your ad spend goes off, your content disappears. Um, also know with paid media, it is, I love paid media in that I can target exactly who I want something to get in front of, I can test it, I can tweak it, it's so powerful that we have that. Also know with paid media, you're doing what everybody else is doing, it doesn't make you special, Joe Blow down the street and everyone else in your condo building or your community can do it. So that's a little bit about paid media. 
with um, social media, again, it's so cool that we can create the content that we want to and we can release it in the way that we want to. Years ago, if we wanted to share an article or a blog post, maybe we had to wait until an editor said it could go live or we were bound by a word count if we even got a yes. And now we can, we're on demand, we're on television, video, written, audio, and I think that's very phenomenal. Um, but with social media, again, keep in mind, are you just posting to the same people over and over and over again? Because if you have an audience of 800 people for that's the reason that comes to mind for whatever reason um, and you're just posting in front of the same 800 people guess what after a year you're, you're exhausted that you need new leads to get in front of so social media you just want to be mindful of how are you getting in front of new leads this is why I'm such a big believer in earned media, because like mm -hmm. I said, somebody already has hundreds, thousands, or tens of thousands of your ideal client all already hanging out. So why not get access to their platform, borrow their audience and get in front of new leads and bring them back to your world. And here's what's different with earned media versus the other kinds that we talked about. Um, with paid media, like we said, when your ad spend disappears, so does your content. With earned media, it lives on. So this podcast, chances are that the link's gonna be available for quite some time for people to listen to. I have people who've listened to me on podcasts in 2016 still become clients because they heard an episode from four years ago. How cool is it that that content keeps working? With earned media, you know, not you can't just necessarily pay for access to that. So instead of me being like, hey everyone, my name's Lisa, I'm a coach and I'm awesome. Now I have other outlets saying, hey, look at Lisa, she's a coach, she's awesome. And there's that third party endorsement that people are quicker to trust and it lends them a sense of credibility that, hey, look at me, I'm great, doesn't have the same effect. Mm, okay, so that's, um, so that's gonna fall into more of the, the, the PR, the public relations category, right? Yeah, so when I say earned media, that's public relations, that's okay. getting interviewed. Um, it's essentially the kind of feature that you don't just simply purchase. It's you being selected to be interviewed, to be asked and to show up as an expert. Yeah. Not and, just everybody can get their way in there. Okay. Which is, um, which is great then because of all the things you just said, you know, somebody else is basically holding you up, your credentials, your expertise and, and putting you out there and putting, um, if they're a brand, putting their brand basically behind you, that they're associating with you. So it just kind of says by association that they believe in you um, and you don't have to pay for it. No, it's really cool because sometimes these opportunities can be paid, can, you can be paid for them. So when I think about, um, I was working with identical twin chiropractors, Drs. Marco and Paolo De Chiantis here in Toronto, and they started doing a TV show called The Social. So it's a national daytime show here in Canada, airs from 1 to 2 p.m. across the country. And so they went on and they did a seven-minute segment about gadgets to end aches and pains. So, you know, they left their practice, they come on, they do the show, and it's awesome because millions millions. I think hundreds of thousands of you are watching across the country. And for those who lived in Toronto, great. Now they can actually walk to their clinic and actually pay them for their services. And what happened by the time they were doing their second and their third segments with the TV show, because they did such a good job, you know, the show realized these guys are leaving their practice and their billing to come here. So they ended up getting each paid a few hundred dollars for every segment. And it's not about being paid. It really isn't. Yeah. It's about the exposure. Because when you think about a brand like Tropicana or Walmart or Tide, they're paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for the exact same exposure that the twins were getting. So for them to even make money on the back end of contributing the content was super powerful. Very nice. Yes. Okay. So how, um, how does a entrepreneur or coach um, determine what exactly is the right publicity for them 
and which route to start pursuing? So something, this is a kind of generic answer that I can often be, that I can offer because everybody's goals and gifts are going to be a little bit different. But typically what I advise for people is to do is to climb what I call the ladder of publicity. So what that is, is starting off by contributing guest content. If you're in the position where you're still building your confidence, you've maybe never put yourself out there before, go on Google and type in write for us, W-R-I-T-E for us in whatever your industry is. Right for us fitness, right for us money, right for us beauty. And what you're going to come up with is a list of sites that are looking for guest expert contributors just like you. They may not be the biggest sites in the world, some of them might be, but it's great because now what you can do is start getting access to somebody else's platform instead of just posting in front of your same followers all the time. So write that guest blog post, write that article. You can be behind the scenes, you can make sure that it's just perfect, you can proofread it 24 hours later, and when you finally feel good and you've settled that perfectionist in you, you can send it off to be published. So I would recommend starting off with guests contributing. Then what I recommend from there is moving into podcasting because it's pretty, in my experience, easy to have a conversation with one other person. It takes a lot of the pressure off. Sometimes you're on camera, which I enjoy because it gives you a sense to like get, gauge the other person's reactions and the timing. Sometimes you're not on camera. So I've totally had days where I'm in pajamas wearing earbuds, just walking around having a conversation with somebody. But it takes a lot of the pressure off and you're just having a conversation with somebody. So mm -hmm. I recommend podcasting second. And then that third rung on the ladder of publicity is starting to be seen. That could be like what we talked about earlier doing an Instagram takeover it could be doing a live in somebody else's Facebook group I just had someone come live in my group an hour ago or it could be doing a TV segment but it's powerful because when people see you they're going to connect with you they're going to feel your energy so my vision is as you're moving up the ladder of publicity your confidence is growing and you're looking back and being like oh wow I did that and now you have the confidence to take that next step and what I also love with the three steps in this ladder is you're hitting what I call a really good media mix so people like to get information one of three ways. They want to read it, they want to listen to it, or they want to see it. And if you can hit all three of these angles, no matter how your ideal client likes to consume information, now you're making sure you're getting in front of them in that specific way. Okay. So once a person has started to put a few things out there and maybe they're getting some, you know, some posts done somewhere else, um, what is, what's the most common mistake that people make when they're trying to um, move up and, and maybe pitch themselves to a media platform that's got a little bit higher status? Okay, so, okay, is this specifically to pitch themselves, period, or when it's a high-status outlet? So, I guess, I guess the simplest way is, what would you say are the most common mistakes that people make when they are pitching themselves to media, saying, okay. put me in your publication, put me on your show, you know, put me, yep. let me use you. <laughs> and I was going to say, that's the number one mistake. They make it super self-serving. So the biggest mistake that I see people make and when, when I'm seeing people even send me some sort of a picture when they're writing to someone they want to be featured on their platform, they make it all about themselves. So, hey, my name is Lisa and I'm a publicity coach and I have a 12-month program called Buzzworthy and I would love to come on your podcast, Lori, and talk about it. Can I come on your show? 
Like I offered you no value in anything I said there. I just made it self-serving and all about me. Whereas if we looked at it from another perspective, Hey, Lori, I know that your listeners work in the health and wellness space and they're working on building a thriving business. And I want to make sure that they don't stay the best kept secret in their industry. I would love to share three ways that they can get themselves visible since I've been doing this with my clients for 10 years. Would that be helpful for your audience? So there's a huge difference between making it all about me and what I have to offer versus how can I give your audience value? And through giving value, yes, I'll get an opportunity to say, here's where people can find me and this is what I do. But when you come from the intention of value versus, hey, can I, how can I use you for your network and your audience, you're going to go way further. So I think even a little tip that I can offer anybody right now who's thinking about pitching themselves, as you write that email to the person on the receiving end to get access to their audience, look at that email and especially the beginning of every paragraph. How many paragraphs begin with I, me, and my? Because if they're all about me, guess what? The person on the other end doesn't care. So think about how can you change it from, you know, an example that comes up for me is I was on a call with somebody who wanted to get on a podcast and they're an expert tea sommelier. So when they were saying their pitch, they were like, I know all the best teas and I know this. And I'm like, what if we change it to the listeners of your podcast love to sit down and listen to your show with a perfect cup of tea in their hands. Mm -hmm. And I would love to share with them how they can blend it just like perfection. How, how much different is that? Right. Yeah. It's interesting because it's really, um, it's really, it's not that you're not like sharing why you're a credible, could be a credible guest, but the whole reframe of what can I give you as opposed to here's all my credentials, which is what, you know, if, if you, if you're new to this game, then it's normal that you would feel like, oh, they need to know why I'm worthy of you know, what I have to offer and who I am. So you start, so you start bullet pointing all that out. Like you said, I'm this and I have that and I do this and I offer, but, but the reframe of what can I offer instead of here's why I'm so great. And here's why you want me is it's a complete shift and it does, it's going to be received in a completely different way. That is such a great tip for people. I think. Yeah. Every time you're thinking about sending a request out, it's like, how am I adding value to the other person on the side of it? On this, uh, how am I adding value for the person on the receiving end? Those are the words I want to use. And I just saw that come up in a, in a workshop I recently hosted where people created like a one page or pitch sheet so that they could position themselves for those kind of opportunities. And the number one piece of feedback I gave throughout the challenge was I have all these paragraphs about letters after your name and certificates that you hold, but I'm not seeing anything about what's the person who listens to you going to get at the end of listening to you for 60 minutes. That's what I really need to see more of. Excellent. Okay. So I want to, um, I want to spend a couple of minutes talking about what you and your company can do for people that are just trying to get themselves some media attention and they're just kind of new into the field. Before I do, uh, I would like to ask you if you have a going rogue story that you'd like to share with us. You know what? This one's kind of funny. Like who knew I would end up in fitness? Cause that was just never anywhere in my radar. So um, I, I come from a family of very smart parents, if I will. My mom, my dad is an, is an aerospace, my mom works in the government, and they were both really smart at math and science. I'm really good at arts. And I always remember I was in an independent girls' school. It was math grade 10, I think it was, grade 11. Like we hadn't even split into algebra and calculus and all those mm -hmm. other like versions of math. 
And I remember it was just going so poorly, so poorly, which is hard when you have parents who are super smart in those industries. At one point, the teacher was like, she's just going to screw her averages of getting into university and scholarships. Like, maybe Lisa should drop math and take gym instead, <laughs> which like, that's horrendous to my parents. Like, what am I going to do with gym for God's sakes, right? But in any event, like we did that. And then lo and behold, who knew I'd end up becoming a trainer and starting a business where for 10 years I was working really closely with the health, fitness, and wellness uh, segment. So definitely I'll say uh, my parents don't put a ton of like pressure on me, but they have high hopes for me. And I think that was a big dash for them when I was like, I'm going to skip all that algebra stuff and I'm just going to do like heel talking instead. But I'm very, very glad that years later it paid off. We didn't, none of us saw that coming. Yeah, but that's so interesting though because that is a that's a perfect example of doing something that was probably, you know, way outside of of the strategy that your parents kind of had in mind for you and that you probably were going along with, you know, as much as you could. And but it was really outside of protocol then for you to go, you know, I'm just um I'm I'm going to do gym class because <laughs> that's that's quite that's quite a big gap from math and all of the the layers of math you know and the levels of math that's a big departure and your parents were probably thinking oh yeah so you're going to be a gym teacher i mean not that there's anything wrong with that i think we need more gym teachers but the point is you were able to literally create a massive business that that then became your business became an extension of that right because you started out as um a for a personal trainer correct yeah, I, publicity was always a cornerstone of my career. Um, and I was working in an agency where I was on clients like Staples, Crayola, Virgin Mobile. And then I took a boot camp and decided to become a trainer after that. So it's not even like in high school, I was some promising athlete and this made sense. It was just what else fit into the schedule at this time. So I wouldn't have to be in math class. So nice. Funny how things work out. It is. It is. You just never know where they're going to take you, right? Going rogue is often a really good thing for people to do, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I always remember also the day that I got let go from my last job. And the first thing that went through my head was like, oh, great. I never have to take public transit again because I just prefer taking my car everywhere. And I, I had a business on the side, so I wasn't super worried about it. But calling my mom and telling her, because, you know, it happened, I think, in the middle of the day and there was a big bookstore near the office. So I called her from there and I remember walking around like a few of the books in the fashion section. And I was like, Hey mom, um, so just a quick update for you. Like, don't freak out, but I just got let go from work. But like, so did Oprah and so did Bill Gates, and it's totally fine. Like, I'll be okay. <laughs> and then, of course, the panic for her. And of course, five years later, she's like, Oh, you know, I need the entrepreneur. I'm like, you were losing your mind when I became an entrepreneur full time. But I'm, I'm glad you're very proud of me now. <laughs> That's so funny. How how skillful of you to though to position that is, but just like Oprah. Uh, After you know, thirty something years of knowing my mom, I knew exactly what angle to take so she'd breathe. Yeah. If yeah. I led with, I don't have to take public transit anymore, I would have gotten hit. So we knew, we knew which, which direction to go in. Yeah. Yeah. That was some, that was using some good psychology there, Lisa. I'm impressed. Very good. Um, okay. So let's talk for a couple of minutes more specifically about your company, what you offer so that people that are ready to, you know, jump into trying to figure out how to get themselves a little bit more medium PR, what can you help them with? And, and I know you have different kind of levels um, that you can help people with. 
Yeah, there are two ways that I specifically help people. So I know for a lot of people, what really comes up in the way for them when it comes to getting exposure is not having the time and not having the know-how. So one way that we support people is just kind of an intro to PR for 30 days. Like, let's have a conversation, figure out what would be a win for you in one month. And obviously it's 30 days. There's only so much I can get done in 30 days. But really figuring out, like we talked about earlier, what are somebody's personal gifts so I'm not putting a square peg into a round hole? And what are their business goals? And really coming up with a personal plan. And what I love through that 30 day kind of entry level is that I have a team of publicists on the back end who do the work for the person. So if you don't have the time, you don't have the know-how, that is okay. But what's awesome is, and I think, you know, it's funny, I'm always like, I'm going to put myself out of business doing this, but I love to teach someone how to fish. So while my team of publicists is in the back end doing the work, I teach someone, here's how we found the right outlets for you. Here's how we found the individual who we're going to pitch. And here's how we creep an email address for them. So that someone is walking away with a skill and a little more know-how of how to do it from like what I call a top-down strategy. What outlet do you want to be in? Who do you need to know to get in there? How do we find their email address? So we teach them that in the program as well. And then for those people who are like really committed to getting seen on every level, like not just like a quick and dirty plan, but like this is a foundation of my business and I'm in here for the long haul mm -hmm. over the course of a year I can teach you how to book stages whether they're live or virtual how to partner with your favorite brands how to get on television magazines radios Facebook lives Instagram stories all the things that we just talked about like I'm, I need water to kind of keep going with the list, but I can cram everything I've learned in 18 years of PR into about one year of training so that after that clients know have they have a lather, rinse and repeat skill to use in their business. So one of my favorite clients to look back on is a holistic nutritionist named Jessie Lane Lee. She's based here in Toronto. She was one of my first clients in 2015. And I was like, let's see if I can teach somebody how to do what I do. Like I know how to do it, but let's see if I can give them the skills. And what's so cool to see five years later is she's still typically on two morning shows every single month. She's done the entire gamut for Toronto. She's evolved her business to a point where brands are paying her to go on TV. So she did a segment on collagen. She partnered with her favorite collagen brand. She got to be on TV for seven minutes and got that exposure. The brand paid her to promote their brand. So like so much win for her. She's launched courses in partnerships with magazines like Clean Eating. Like how powerful is it to see that someone I taught five years ago is still using those skills to that day. So I love being able to show people how to do it themselves or just equip them to teach their team members how to do it and have their own in-house department. That is really awesome because really that, you know, that means that you, if you're teaching, you're literally teaching your, your trade secrets, if you will, um, which is very generous and, and trusting of you because you obviously know that the more you share and the more value you give, it's going to come back to you in some way, shape or form. And you know, what's really cool about that. I have one client, um, sorry, I'm just dropping all these client names. Um, I think about Leanna who wanted to get featured on local TV. So she was on pop sugar once. And then I think she just did like her 25th or 26th local segment yesterday. So like two years later, she's crushing it. She knows how to do it. And after six months together, I had a six month program at the time she re-enrolled and I'm like, but I've taught you most of everything you need to know. And she's like, I don't want to lose my coach. So it's really powerful to see that it's not even just about the skills that you're teaching somebody, but there's a reason for them to want to come back to you again. And, you know, I think especially for a lot of those coaches who are feeling intimidated, like it's such a, so many coaches are out there. Is there even going to be space for my voice? People don't necessarily just by coaching. 
The things that we want to learn how to do are mostly available for free on the internet. They're all there on Google if you just want to put the time into it. But people are investing in us, our energy, our personalities, the vibe that we have, the way that we inspire them to feel hopeful. So when we focus on that as well and not just like what's the thing that I teach, that can actually give you more confidence in giving away your gifts and your knowledge and your skills because people want to be close to you and that's what they're going to invest in. That's really, really great insight to share with people because I think it, it is really easy for um, um, to just kind of lose sight of of what the what the bigger picture is and what the possibilities are when you are willing to trust that the more you share, um, the more it's going to come back to you in ways that you might not even be able to you know see right now. But that's where the trust comes in, and and if you're in it for the um, well, I was going to say the right reasons, but I guess you know that's. Uh, depending on who you are, the right reasons are going to be different reasons. But for, for uh, uh, the highest reasons, and you know, when you're in an industry where your mission is to help people in some way, whether it's you know, with, um, with health, fitness, food, nutrition, you know, you're basically people that are in a, that industry, it's because they care about helping someone else you know, rise and overcome challenges and become you know, a better, healthier version of themselves. So um, if that's truly your vision and your purpose, then you likely won't have an issue um, or a conflict in, in teaching and giving away a lot of, a lot of um, you know, value to, to your people. Right. Yeah. And you know what? It's really cool to learn this through the process because I think the first time I heard it, I didn't necessarily believe it, but it's okay to give your knowledge away because it's not like that's all the knowledge you're ever going to get. You're going to learn more. You're going to have more to offer. So if you're looking from that scarcity pack, like mm -hmm. scarcity mindset of if I give it away, then what am I going to have? Like, yeah. trust you're going to get more. Yeah. That's true. And the mindset is a big part of it. And if you have a scarcity mindset, like you've got to keep, keep it all to yourself, um, that's definitely going to be very sabotaging for you emotionally. And that will reflect in the kind of business that you have. Interesting. All right. So let's, um, let's do a quick recap if you will, for people that are either new and just getting their toe in the water or for people that have kind of um, coaches and entrepreneurs that have kind of gotten stuck and plateaued, you could just recap a few of those like first steps to dive into. That would be Yeah, great. really, I think a lot of it is figuring out what your personal gifts are and what your business goals are. So really decipher with yourself, how do I show up the strongest? Is it through writing? Is it through um, being on camera, is it through speaking? And figure out which one of those avenues you want to lean on. Um, getting really clear on what your business goals are. So are you looking to build awareness so people know who you are? Are you looking to build buzz and get featured in multiple places because maybe you have something that's launching? Or are you looking to create credibility for yourself so you can start playing in the sandbox with those big names you want to be associated with? So that kind of clarity is going to be super helpful. Um, what else did we talk about? Like really think about how can I leverage somebody else's platform mm -hmm. who has access to my ideal clients and not just how can I get in front of them, but how can I show up in service and with so much value that whether or not someone jumps in with me, they're going to learn something. And for the people who want to take it further, they're just like, I just got so much for free from this person. I can't even imagine what it's like to go further with them. That when you position yourself that way, you're going to become magnetically attractive. Beautiful. Lisa, where can people find out more about you and your services? 
Well, I think, you know, a great place to start for people who are like, okay, I've heard so many ideas of how I can get out there today, but I'm not sure which the best one is for me. Um, I would love to invite people to take a quiz that I created recently. It's called Uncover the Best Way to Get the Word Out About Your Coaching Business. A little bit of a long title, but if you head over to www.lisasimonerichards.com slash quiz, you can take a quiz and we're going to identify your personal gifts with your business goals. And I'm actually going to give you one of five strategies that makes the most sense for you and send you a training video for you to start putting it in action so that you're not just like, oh, great, I should be on podcasts. Oh, no, you'll, I'll, I'll tell you exactly how to start finding the right shows so you can have that momentum going. So again, if you head to lisasimonerichards.com slash quiz, that's going to get you started so you can figure out what makes the most sense for you and you can start your own personalized plan from there. That's awesome. I love that you have, you designed this quiz. I think that's super cool. And it's a really great starting point for people that are just like, uh, you know, can I, can I do this? Should I do this? What should I do? How should I do it? I mean, if you're, if you're new to that, like a lot of people are, it's very, um, it's overwhelming because you're not sure um, what to spend your resources on and it, and your resources are just as much your time as they are your money. So that's a really great, just getting, getting familiar with the landscape. It's a great start. All right. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners before we sign off? I feel like the last thing that I always love to leave these kind of conversations on are don't just leave this with a pad full of great notes, yeah. like take one action item from this, from this interview and go from just really good information and create transformation. So whether it's looking at that right for us part, whether it's taking the quiz, whether it's asking someone, Hey, would you be game to do an Instagram takeover? I don't know much about it, but let's play around with this with each other. Do one thing after listening to this show. Cause imagine if you listen to 52 episodes this year and you took action on one of each of them, like where would you be at the end of the year? So don't just be a listener, be an action taker. That's perfect. Yes. It's one thing to take in all of the knowledge and, and learn, but if you don't do anything with it, then it can't help you. You can't evolve if it's all just sitting in your head. Good points. Lisa, I have so enjoyed having you on today, sharing a lot of really valuable information. Thank you so much for being with us. I'm so excited to have had this conversation with you. Thank you. And I hope it offers a lot of help for the people who are listening today. I know it will. Absolutely. So that's going to do it for us today, everybody. Thank you for hanging out with Lisa and myself. If you would like some guidance, getting uh, unstuck, up-leveling your health, uh, shifting your mindset, then you know you can always head on over to lauribischoff.com and find out what private coaching with me is all about. And please make sure to give us a rating, leave some comments. We'd love to hear what your thoughts are about the show. Make sure you have subscribed if you haven't already so that you always get notified when the next episode is out. So until next week, my friends, please stay feisty, stay healthy, and go make some epic shift happen in your lives. And that goes for you too, Gary Vee.